Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Half the Distance to the Goal, presented by 910 Coastal Barbecue. I'm your host, Marcus Bullock. With me, as always, is my co-host, Brett Gault. And the intro song gave it away. You know who's back with us, the man from Tennessee. Yeah, we'll call it Western North Carolina, but it might as well be Tennessee. Tennessee Trevor, what's up, baby? What's going on? What's going on, guys? Glad to be back. Another year. Starting the year off better than uh, Marcus on the gambling front, but uh, maybe you can turn it around for you. Yeah, well, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody a little about what you did last week? Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I I had a really good run last week. Ended up, I think I was up about four or five units uh, going into uh, the close of Sunday night of the, after the LSU Florida State game. And I had been drinking heavily and proceeded to gamble away all my winnings on the online roulette plus a little extra. So... <laughs> Ended up paying the book. Uh, it just didn't feel right taking money from the bookie week one, uh, but I'm ready to start getting it all back this week. Cool. Make it hurt this week. Brett, <laughs> talk about your experience. You were down in Orlando. We know that you really could it there temporarily. You ended up going to the game, FSU, LSU. Um, how was the environment, fan bases, any fights, anything good, anything bad? I didn't see any fights. Yeah, so me and, me and Emily, we just we decided we didn't even have tickets when we when we went there, honestly. We um we we just drove down there, or I guess drove up there. We said screw it. We parked in some sketchy people's yards or whatever. Honestly, just flipped them like forty dollars. It, it was pretty sketchy, not gonna lie. And then because there was cops all around, <laughs> I mean. So, but anyway, so then we didn't have tickets yet. So we get up to the front and we're like, well, I guess we, we might as well do it. So we just got on SubHub real quick, bought some tickets, got in and. I mean, it was it was probably eighty five percent Florida State fans. That was a shocking. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I was kind of shocked. I'm not gonna lie. I, I really, I thought, I thought LSU would travel more than that. I mean, I know last last year they had it in uh, Louisiana or whatever, but I really thought LSU would travel better. So basically, it was a home crowd for Florida State. First half, as we know, was good, and then the second half, we know what really happened. But really cool atmosphere. Um, definitely glad we went. Yeah, it yeah. was nice to see one half of competitive football. If we yeah. could have got that full game, yeah. that would have been awesome. I mean, I thought we were going to, and then they just kind of took off in the second half. Didn't make any sense. Yeah. So, how did that work, Brett? Was the game was it like sold out, or were you able to get the tickets at the gate? Did you have to scalp them? Yeah, I mean, so basically, we just got up to the front and we just went on StubHub or whatever. And I think there was there was only a few hundred left. Like it, it was. I mean, it was pretty. It was a pretty uh packed crowd in there. I mean, there were there weren't many open seats. So yeah, we just hopped on hopped on StubHub, just took the cheapest. Well, we were waiting to see if the prices would keep on going down as the day went on. You know, as it got closer to game day, which they really didn't. So yeah, I I ask because I'm I'm gonna be employing that same strategy this year um, for the Tennessee Texas A and M game. I got an Airbnb and everything booked, but the ticket prices are just brutal now. So I'm just like going to drive out there and uh, tailgate all day and see if I get tickets. And if I don't, I don't. If I do, I do. I think you'll be liquored up enough to buy the the chance regardless of price. And buy whatever at game time. Whoever sells them to you is going to be pretty happy, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to hear Rocky Top one time from outside the stadium and have to figure out a way to get my ass in there. I mean, maybe you can pull a, a Baton Rouge for what we did a couple of years ago. Yeah, you never know. You can't 
You can't do it if you're not there. Hey, that's step one, baby. Well, let's go ahead and recap week one. Thank you, Trevor, for joining us this week. So week one, uh, good for Brett. Brett was four and two. His four wins, Nebraska, uh, plus seven and a half. They almost got it done on the field, but they cannot. Uh, Utah waxed Florida. Penn State, not really ever a doubt against West Virginia. And then Rutgers, probably the play of the week against Northwestern. Um, we'll see if anyone's going back there this week. And his two losses, Tennessee first quarter lands seven and a hook. And then South Carolina plus two and a half. Uh, never really had a chance against Chapel Hill. That game was a little ugly. So Brett, four and two, six and three overall for the season. A very good outlook there. Now when a Coastal Barbecue missed the pipe and hot pick of the week, they had LSU two and a half favorite is we already discussed game not that close in the second half. FSU to a decisive victory. And myself, I was two and five, unfortunately. Uh, both of my wins came from the same game. I took Tennessee every way I could get them. One of them was first half laying 16 in a hook, and then whole game laying 28. Those both hit. And then my five losses, NC State on Thursday, 14 in a hook. Dude dropped a touchdown pass. Unfortunately, that did not hit. Michigan got close to covering 36, but they didn't get it done against East Carolina. Tennessee first quarter did not hit seven and a half. It looks like they were going to come out the gate hot, but they stumbled, but they, they hit the rest of the game for me, so not too upset there. South Carolina, bad play. LSU, bad play. Two and five on the week, four and six overall on the season. With last week combined with week zero, the syndicate is 11 and 10, so still positive. Outlook's good. Trevor's on a heater. Brett's hot. I don't feel discouraged after week one. Did a little bit of research this week. Going back to the drawing board, I have a lot of picks to fire off today. And I think uh, week two is going to be a pretty good one. How you boys feeling? Good, good. Um, yeah, I know my, my picks weren't on, but I was 6-3 last week. Um, one of them was just a brutal loss. I had picked Jalen Wright of the Tennessee Vols to score a touchdown. He got the ball, and he did whatever he wanted to every time the ball was in his hand. And anytime we got inside the 30-yard line, they took him out of the game. So he led the team with 115 yards and not a single red zone carry. And uh, RB3 ended up with four touchdowns. So um, I said, I feel like first week's usually when you either either win big or lose big. And then uh, week two, you start to stabilize. Uh, so I feel good about week two. Yeah, so going into week two, and I do want to have a little bit of discussion before we get in. If this show starts to go over a lot of time, we'll definitely um, summarize you know, our picks later. But let's talk about Tess Walker, Chapel Hill. Um, Brett, kick us off there. What do you think? I mean, that we know how much the NCAA is a bunch of frauds. They, I mean, and I don't know if you guys saw this, but they literally tweeted something out. Like, not – I think it was either before or, like, a little after. So it was talking today. About what? It was today. Regardless, it was today. It was the same day they did Yeah, that. regardless, it was today during the whole situation. And I feel like it was, like – I feel like they do this whenever they make some big decision. It was – basically just kind of echoing and just kind of kind of just how ironic they do it. But, I mean, the NCAA is a bunch of frauds. Um, they always have been. They always talk about how the student athlete comes first and everything like that. It's, it's honestly time that we kind of get rid of the NCAA, in my opinion, because they just – they punish student athletes for no reasons. And like I said, they're not even – they don't – they're not consistent when it comes to making these decisions every single time. It's always something different. I mean, if you're a grad student, you can transfer as many times as you want. I mean, I think maybe it was Trevor was talking about JT Daniels and the, I mean, he's been from Southern Cal to Georgia to West Virginia and out of rice. I mean, like I said, it just, 
the NCAA is a joke, and they always have been. Yeah, it, it it makes no sense. Like you get, like I said, you got JT over here playing four schools in four years. Tez Walker's situation is just a brutal one to be in. Like he he's transferred twice technically. But the first thing he, he he commits to NC Central out of high school because he gets no looks. Immediately gets there and they just cancel their football team for two whole years. And obviously he transfers out because of that. And now we're uh, finding out the NCAA they're considering that one of his transfers since he transferred from somewhere that football literally did not exist for two whole years. Um, it makes no sense. Um, like I said, NCAA just kind of I feel like they're just trying to run through and do as much destruction as they can. Because I, I kind of agree with you, Brett. I think they're, we're moving towards a way that they're kind of on the way out, right? NIL goes against NCAA that went all the way to the Supreme Court, NCAA lost. Now you have um, all these super conferences forming. I mean, who's to say that they even need the NCAA once you get down to the last two or three conferences of what we're going to have? Um, so it's a bad situation for Tez, bad situation for Carolina. Um I don't know what they do at this point. The NCAA does two good things. They put on a very good basketball tournament, and they help with bowl games. I guess you could say they help with the College World Series, but outside of that, I mean, they're not really good for anything. My take on this, and we all know I'm not a big fan of Chapel Hill. I really want to see them lose every game. I do feel bad for Tez. He should definitely be allowed to play. I think Chapel Hill should just play him. The only implication there is the NCAA could bite back and be like, okay, you can't play in a bowl game that we sponsor because you had an ineligible player play. I understand that, but I mean, other than that, fuck Chapel Hill in every way. I hope they lose. Yeah, and, and, and that's and this helps. Part. That's the hard part. Um, as a Chapel Hill is like, I, I'm a few Marcus. Like, if I'm Mike Mac Brown, I should be like, fuck the NCAA. Let's just fucking play them, um, and hopefully enough people stand up against the NCAA to do something. But the bad side is you see Clemson down on the downward spiral. Carolina has a very good chance to be in the ACC championship a second year in a row. So do they want to risk getting banned from that game and then banned from a potential New Year's Six Bowl over this player? But then again, do they even make it that far without him? So that's that's wide receiver one that they're not going to be without all year. And we saw plenty of drops on Saturday night. Yeah, that, that was the thing. Um, let's go ahead and kick off the show. Uh, Trevor, take us to where you want to. I did have one more topic, but I know I have a play on it. We all may have a play on it, so we'll get there um, when we do. <clears throat> Dion, uh, Trevor, yeah, yeah. take us where you want to go. Yeah, De Dion's on my list. I'll, I'll, I'll get there in a little bit. Um, the first one for me, I think this is just like a standout. And obviously, I think week two is obvious the week for overreactions after seeing week one. Um, I'm hammering Iowa. Iowa versus Iowa State. Iowa State is plus three and a half at home. So this is telling me hammer Iowa. That to me, that's, it should be a touchdown uh, favorite for Iowa. Um, Iowa with a quarterback is uncharted territory. We've never seen this before. Um, I think Iowa can be dangerous. So I, I got him at minus three and a half. Um, I think that's just really good value. I mean, if you want to get if you want to get safe and buy the hook down to three, you can. But this line is going to keep moving up. I think it's going to get closer to to minus four and a half, minus five by the time we get to uh, Saturday. Um, I don't see any way Iowa State's going to be able to score on Iowa, and then all Iowa has to do is score three touchdowns. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I didn't consider this one. Brett, is this you playing this? Yeah, this is one of my games. I'm also on uh, with Trevor on this one. Uh, Iowa or Iowa State, Matt Campbell always struggles with Iowa too, and I don't really know why. 
and you add on the whole gambling problem with Iowa State, like a few of their plays, even their main quarterback not being able to play. Um, yeah, I, I mean, with with McNamara being there now, they have actually a legit quarterback. Um, so I, I'm I'm on Iowa as well for this one. I'm not on it with you guys, but good luck. I think you're on the right side. The line's moving in your way. Started out at four and a half, and now it's yeah. down to three and a half. So, um, it was, yeah, it was at four this morning when I checked. So, good luck. Which I'm, I, I'm kind of surprised it's going down. So, for my first play, I'm going to take us to the American Conference. Ole Miss, they're traveling down to New Orleans, now ones, to play the Tulane Green Wave. This spread, seven, seven and a half in most places, but what I like more is the total. If I can get under 66 and a half, I'm going to do it. I think what I'm going to experiment with is the clock rules, you know, games that typically should be high scoring with last year's rules, that clock ticking away. There won't be as many possessions. I do like Jackson Dart. He obviously looked good against Mercer last week. Tulane looked really good as well. This is Tulane Super Bowl. I think that they're going to give everything they can to Ole Miss. And if they have to slow the game down to contain this, I think that they will. Um, give or take, they're at home. The crowd's going to be in their favor, and I actually think it's going to be pretty wild down there um, around the boot. So give me the under 66-and-a-half. And this may be a trend for me until uh, Vegas catch, catches up with this. Yeah, I, I like that under, actually. I, I looked at this game. I was trying to decide if I wanted to take Ole Miss. Um I think seven points is uh, if you can get it at seven, I kind of like it. But to your point, I think Tulane's gonna give him fits. Tulane, what was it last year? Their head coach got coach of the year, um, and they're doing big things. They won a New Year's Bowl last year. I, I think this is gonna be a close game. Um, and to your point, I mean, sixty-six is a lot of points. A lot yep. of points. And since I have double everybody, I will give one more play right here. I am going to stay in the SEC. And let me see the best number I can get now. I am taking Sam Pittman and the boys. I can get 37 and a half in two places. So I'm going to lay the 37 and a half. I'm taking Arkansas. Kent State last week looked awful. Sorry, Jake McVay, friend of the program. They scored six points against UCF. UCF should be roughly on Kent State's playing field. In give or take, they probably should lose that game eight times out of ten, but they shouldn't lose by fifty points. That's unheard of. If UCF can do that, I think KJ Jefferson's going to have a day. So give me the pigs. I like this. I, I might uh, get some liquid courage and follow this one on Saturday. No, fun, interesting point. Kent State also lost their uh, wide receiver one this year in Tez Walker um, since he transferred over to Carolina. So they're, they're missing their best offensive weapon this year. So it's going to be a, a lot worse for them. Brett, I know you want to hop on the pigs with me. No, I'm, I'm staying away from this. Too big? Yeah, I mean, I, I watched I watched that game the, the other night, the Kansas State-UCF. Yeah, it's just too big. I, I try to stay unless – I mean, UCF look good. I mean, UCF should be middle of Big 12, maybe, maybe top – or like – a little bit in the top half of the Big 12. But the Big 12, you just don't know with all these new people coming in, all the new teams. But, yeah, it's just too big for me. I'm staying away. I think there could be some quick factor already in Kent State. The only thing that's weird is that Arkansas allowed 
13 points from Western Carolina, which I think is just insane to a lot of FCS school to come in and score 13 on you. Uh, so they barely would have covered this last week if this was the spread. Uh, so that's the only one thing to be weary about. But to your point, like Kent State put up six on UCF. What are you going to do against Arkansas? So I looked at that box score with Western Carolina. It looked it looked like second half backups. Um, they scored ten of those points, uh, a touchdown in the third, and a field goal in the fourth. So I don't really see any concern. Okay. All right, uh, Trevor or Brett, give us a play. I'm going with the uh, – I actually just added this one, but I'm going with tomorrow night's game, Kansas uh, and Illinois. Illinois is coming to Kansas. Uh, Jalen Daniels is back. He's expected to play at quarterback. Uh, a lot of people remember Kansas really started off hot, then he got hurt midway through the season last year. And then the um, Bean, Bean played well, but not as well as Jalen Daniels was. So – I like Kansas here. I like Kansas in the spot to cover the three. Illinois was – we know Illinois had a good, good team last year, but then they lost their star running back to the NFL. So I think this crowd will be good too. I think there will be a lot of Kansas fans. I know it's crazy to say, but I, I like Kansas to cover in this position. It's uh, it, funny you say this. I actually, I actually faded you on this one. So I, I got the yeah. other side. I, I like Bielema and the boys. Um I think that Illinois is usually due to, to upset one other team this year or every year. Uh, I think the it's weird to me that it's only minus three at home for Kansas with Daniels back. So that seemed like kind of like a red flag to me. I was like, this makes no sense. Um, so I I have I'm going against the grain here and taking Illinois in the three points. I, I was very close to want to take the money line. I think they can. I think Illinois can upset Kansas. Uh, I think Kansas is coming off too much hype after last season, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna fade the fade the Jayhawks or the Blackhawks as they're calling themselves this week. <laughs> are they really? Yeah, what, are they? I didn't hear that. Yeah, they are. They are releasing some. They released some special uniforms that they're calling the uh, Blackhawk uniforms. Everybody's just they're, very, they're, they're, they're sick. They're cool unis, but I think they're gonna lose them. So, yeah, that, that's one of my picks I have is Illinois plus three. Um, is going to turn it into an old sm- school smash about football game. So, you know what? I'd kind of almost watch the uh, under two. All right. Well, I'm going to take us to Baylor. Did y'all see what happened last week? Uh, yeah. Yes. And yeah. what happened last week is why this matchup scares me. I mean, D- Dave Aranda, I mean – because we all know that he started off. I mean, he got to the Big Twelve Championship or whatever. Or did he win the Big Twelve? Yeah, he won it, didn't he? Um, in Dude. his first year. Yeah, they won and, it. Yeah, and then Shapen was supposed to be the next like big thing. And then last year he didn't play well. Last season he didn't play well. And then I, he got hurt in the game against Texas State. So they have um they have the backup playing for a few weeks now because he he did something with his MCL or whatever. So, but go ahead. I'm interested to hear your thoughts. So two plays here. I'm gonna play the line in the total. I'm gonna take the Utes and lay seven and a hook. I don't really think this is hook territory. I think Florida and Baylor, if they played on a neutral field, Florida may have a decent chance to win. Seeing what Utah did to Florida, I'm not scared of this line. Should probably be more around nine and a half. That will probably tip me. Um, but you're right, Baylor's at home. I'm pretty sure Dave Miranda broke his foot off in some hind parts this weekend. <laughs> 
to put it nicely. So they're probably going to be a little bit better to play. The one thing that concerns me is that Cam Rising is not going to play. So that's why I'm going to have Yeah, I, all, everything that I've like read on Twitter it looks like he's going to be out again. So I'm going to take the under, and it looks like I the consensus number is 47. Without Cam Rising playing, I think Baylor's defense is going to be pretty good. And let's not forget, Utah is still on a second and third string quarterback, alternating a little bit, or the second string quarterback with a skill position player coming in, running the Wildcat here and there. I don't see a lot of fireworks. Maybe a final score of, you know, like 24 to 14, something like that. So that's what I'm going to lean on. I'm going to take Utah seven and a half and under 47 for the game. Yeah, I actually, I actually love that under. Um, I mean, what was the score of the Utah 40 in 20 to six or something like that? Yeah, it would be something similar to that. Yeah, yeah. So it could, it could be very close to that real quick. Um, last time I looked at this line, that Cam Rising was still a maybe. So that's like that kind of changes things on my thoughts about the over-under. Um, yeah, it was weird to me that the, the line was only seven and a half. Um, and then on the other side, you have Texas State is 11-point dogs versus UTSA, UTSA. also scared me this week. So I, I was staying away from anybody involved in that Baylor-Texas um, State game. I'm a, I'm with Marcus on this, actually. I took this one. I took Utah minus the seven and a half. Um, I mean, I think it helps our cause a little bit that Shapen's not playing, even though Shapen hasn't been playing well either. So it really it might actually give Baylor a jolt, but – I think Utah's defense handles here. I think they'll be able to score enough. So I, I like Utah to cover the seven and a half here. Very nice, Brett. Okay, let's do it. We're going to do that one. Uh, Trevor, since yeah, you want to give us your insight to that game, you want to take us somewhere else? I mean, uh, if not now, then never. Let's go ahead and, uh, let's go ahead and jump over to uh, Boulder, Colorado. Please. Please, let's do it. I'm sure everybody's talking about it. I want to hear, before we even get into picks, what are you guys thinking about the uh, the boys in Boulder? I mean, I was shocked. I'm not going to lie. I mean, Dion, they backed up the hype, man. They really did. He was talking He was talking the talk, and, I mean, they came back and backed it up. Travis Hunter is no – he's no joke. The way he was playing both sides of the ball in, like, 115-degree heat was incredible. Shador Sanders is no joke as quarterback either. I mean, it, it just it's it'll be interesting as the year goes on though. Like, will they, if injuries start piling up, will they tire out? Especially Travis Hunter. Like, there's yeah. no way he can, there's no way he can continue to do that all year. That's what I was wondering. Like, how sustainable is it for him to play both sides of the ball? Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. I mean, maybe it's just maybe not to that extent. I mean, but I'm sure he'll still play both sides of the ball. But I mean, he's. He's a beast on both sides. It was incredible. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those things where like people like people were looking at this TCU Colorado game last week, and I was it was TCU minus twenty and a half, and I was like taking Colorado as a sucker bet. People are going to buy into all this social media hype of Colorado this, Colorado that. Not to discredit Dion, I think he, I knew, I had, a, I was confident he would turn Colorado around, but yeah. game one against someone who just played the national championship was like, there's no way. Uh, I was like, Colorado is a sucker bet. Don't take Colorado. I, and that was with the 20 points. I wouldn't even talk about right. Um, for them to go in and TCU and, and win that game in TCU, um, I think it's definitely a shock, shock factor. Uh, it almost made me weary of this game because the line is so so small. You have a Nebraska who just choked an, a 
guaranteed win almost against Minnesota at home against this hyped-up Colorado team. So is Colorado getting too hyped up right now? Are they going to fall for that? Um, is Nebraska going to turn it around? It was kind of like don't know where to go there. So I, I landed on taking the buffs. I got to take them. Uh, I mean, there, you can't tell me that a Matt Rule-led Nebraska team is going to come in here and win a football game against Dion. That that crowd's going to be wild, too. I mean, it's the first time Colorado has been relevant in football in how many years? So, I mean, I, mean, I think I'm all days they weren't that good. I mean, so yeah. even when they had NFL caliber players, they weren't this hyped. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. I, th- I was interested to see the line a little low. I'm also on this one. I, I think it's Maybe we're just buying into the hype too much, but I also was not impressed with Sims for Nebraska either at quarterback. I was not mm-hmm. impressed with him at all. So, I mean, I'm on this. Marcus, you got to be on this too, I would hope. All right. I'll get the keg. Brett, you get the cups. Trevor, you just text all the women. Let's party. Is it, ain't, ain't no way Marcus is running with the rules. <laughs> Fade Matt Rule. I mean, I was always fade Nebraska anyway. When Matt Rule went there, that was just that was icing on the cake. I mean, fade and Scott Frost just got not really fun. It was just principle. You had to do it at some point. But Matt Rule makes it fun again. Yeah, we're, bus we're all day. Last week, and, and Nebraska might be become the principal fade of the week this year. I mean, it's been UConn the past couple of years. Obviously, if you faded UConn, you're already on one. Um, so Nebraska might become the principal fade. Not that they're going to go. One and eleven or anything, but they they might not be covering spreads. It'll it, it's Kent State for me as of right now, and that's another reason why I'm on Arkansas. I made a whole list on who to fade, and you know, you know they're just they're just on there. They're on yeah. the rap sheet. Um, but yeah, back to Colorado. I mean, like I said, I'm on I'm on the minus three. I do not have like crazy expectations for Colorado in the year. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh, they're going to go nine and three or, or they're going to win their conference. I'm not saying that yet. I think they still need to like be level setting a six and six, seven, five as big improvement. Um, but Colorado is one that this might be something that's ending dynasties. This might be something that's, I mean, he's got the culture. These five-star recruits that are going to Bama and Georgia for the culture, they're going to start looking over to Colorado. Now they're going to start thinking, let's go play for Dion. I think this is going to impact Bama and Georgia in a pretty negative way. One question before we move on, and I meant to get it out when we were talking about TCU. In a two-game span, has there ever been a team that's looked worse from where you were to where you are now? They lost a lot, though. I mean, they lost a lot from that team last year. I mean, and another thing is – was TCU's because they were ranked what seventeenth? Was the ranking just based off the last year's team? I mean, how good actually is TCU? That's what we're going to be finding I mean, out as the year goes on, too. And the argument I'm going to make right now is I don't think TCU was that good last year. I think they got lucky. They were in one of the worst Big Twelve years ever. You have a down year, a Texas who was starting to look good again. Quinn Ewers goes out. You have an Oklahoma having their first bad year in like seven or eight years. You have a, a, a Baylor that faded there off at the end once their quarterback got hurt. It was just like a perfect storm for TCU to go into the Big 12 and, and win the conference. Uh, and I will give TCU all the credit in the world for that Michigan game. That was the only game all season that I was impressed with TCU. Um, but outside of that Michigan game, I mean, 
it was just a matter of they got lucky into a situation where there were there was only one undefeated team in the country. I mean, there's nothing else to it. I mean, Michigan was not undefeated. Ohio State was undefeated. Tennessee lost terrible in South Carolina, knocking us out. Um, Bama over there losing to us and LSU. It was just a, a lightning in a bottle situation for TCU to get there, and then they played their ass off for that Michigan game. Um, so I, it's not as surprising. What we saw in the national championships, what I think most of us expected, we knew Georgia was going to go in there and cover. Um, but yeah, TCU, I think they, they had their chance, and it's going to be a, a going downhill from here from them. Did any of you guys get eyes on Texas Tech at Wyoming last week? No, I, I saw the I think it was a little close for a second. Yeah, and Texas Tech lost. They scored 20 points in regulation. Oh, 13 shit. in overtime. Yeah, final score is 35 to 33. Oh, so, yeah, so full overtime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, they, said they, they said that was going to be a tough game, too, for them because, I don't know, they said it was – I mean, it was it was at Wyoming, so they thought it was going to be a little are – you, are you going here? Are you going to this game, I assume? Yeah. Do you – so if Wyoming was a hard game, do you know it's going to be a harder game this week? Oregon? Yeah, I mean, I know yeah. Oregon's going to be no, yeah. hey, right here, I, I got the ducks on, on mine too. I, that's where I was gonna go next if it wasn't if someone else didn't bring it up. This is just like a it. I, I was I took a second look at it. I'm like this makes no sense. Why is it only minus six and a half? If you yeah. can get Oregon for less than a touchdown, you got to hammer them here, right? Absolutely, yeah. Everything I have on the ducks. This is my favorite play of the week. I think this is kind of like Nebraska Rutgers last week. Play the points. Oregon just threw up 81, give or take. It was against like Portland or Portland yeah, State. Portland State. It doesn't but, matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Oh, this is principle. It's principle. Would you touch the over here? I think it was like 69 or something like that. Let's see. Um, I would. I mean, Oregon yeah, clear that on their, on their own. It looks like it. The crazy thing is, is Texas Tech's defense is supposed to be decent this year. I mean, I'm not going to take the over because I don't trust Texas Tech to put up enough points in case it, like this could be a situation where Oregon scores like 30 or 40, and I don't trust Texas Tech to get 25 more points. Brett, you're really not on this? No, I'm not because I just feel something weird about it. I don't know. I think – I mean, I'm not going to lie. I thought after the loss to Wyoming, I was a little surprised because, like I said, they're supposed to be – they were like a dark horse coming into this year. So I'm a little shocked, I think. I don't know. It just I'm getting weird feelings about this. It's at Texas Tech. Um, I think maybe there's a chance for maybe a bounce back. I don't know if it'll win, but I was big on Texas Tech earlier too when we were doing win totals. Yeah, but... I, because it like I said, they were they had this, they're bringing back a solid defense this year. The offense was supposed to be good again. So when they went to Wyoming and lost, I was kind of shocked. I mean, I know people said that was going to be a good game, but I didn't expect them to lose. So I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm staying away from this. Yeah, and, and Brett, I had your same sentiment for a good while. I stared at this one for a little bit. This, this feels like a trap. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it, it really is just candy, and you just got to pick it up and take it. Uh, and that's what I think this is. I just don't see a situation where Texas Tech keeps us close. Trevor, we're going to catch that one. We're, we're cashing. I'll, I'll, buy, I'll buy bread a beer after. We're going to look back and laugh and just say, why didn't we just empty out the limit on this game? 
All right, so let's look at the card. I have six plays in. Brett and Trevor, you have four each. Do you each have one more? If so, I'll go again real quick. Yeah, I had one additional, which would be two more as an asterisk. I'm gonna go ahead, I'll go ahead and play it since uh, so I got two more plus the game of the week. Okay, uh, take us somewhere. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna take us to uh, where you will be this weekend, Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, this is one another one I kind of stared at for a long time. Um, the line opened at nine, I believe, and, and when I saw the nine, I was like, "Oh, you got to hammer Notre Dame here." They're going to win by two touchdowns. Then the line started dropping, and I started getting scared. I was like, maybe NC State's onto something. I know you guys have a quarterback now. Uh, it's supposed to be a good one. But it's, it was just weird to me that the line was dropping. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm taking a seven and a half. I'm probably going to buy this down to seven. Uh, so that's what I will do in this scenario is I'll probably buy it to seven. Uh, I just think Sam Hartman's going to go ahead and uh, finish off his uh, job and, and clear the state out this year. Uh, which would be NC State, uh, Wake, and Duke. So he'll go ahead and win the rest of his North Carolina games, go on to the NFL. So I don't see how NC State can keep up. Um, I, I think y'all will score, but I just don't see you guys keeping up with, with Notre Dame. Brett, you playing this? Yeah, you know where I am. I, I mean, I'm with Trevor on this. I wasn't impressed with State at all last week. I don't know if they were maybe not showing everything, but I saw a team that really did – they struggled on defense, honestly. They were letting UConn move the ball. Um, and then offensively, I thought they looked awful. I Without Brennan Armstrong's legs, they, they were in trouble for a lot because they had no passing game at all. It was basically Armstrong doing everything with his legs. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of surprised this, this line is where it's at. I think a big part of it is because it's at state and the crowd's it's going to be a good crowd. But I think Notre Dame has a solid defense. I think the offense is going to be humming. And like I said, I wasn't impressed with the defense at all for State. So I'm also taking the seven and a half here in Notre Dame. Okay. Well, you guys can have this. Okay, let's do it. And you can also have this. Boo. I'm on the other side. Um, so you guys, you? the best – yeah, the best number you guys can get for Notre Dame is seven and a half. Um, it's offered in two or more spots. The best number I can get in two spots is plus eight. So I'm going to take the eight. We can't middle this. Yeah, I think NC State gets it down the field. One, NC State doesn't lose at home since 20. I did a little bit of math before the show. Since 2020, wow. State is 19 and three at home. And honestly, I think we've had season tickets since 2018. I don't remember being at a lot of losses inside of Carter Finley. Uh, Sam Hartman, he's never beaten NC State in Raleigh. It's, it's a place of demons for him. Was I concerned about the defense a little bit in the UConn game? Yes. They didn't get off the field on third downs when they had to. But like you said, I don't think Dave Dorn showed a lot. I think Robert and I held back some. They're going to throw the kitchen sink at Notre Dame. The weather's changing like hell in Raleigh. It was supposed to be like sunny and in the 90s and then as of a couple of days ago. It was going to rain all morning and stop around 7 a.m., so the field was probably going to be wet. The sun was going to poke out, just be like a humid North Carolina Saturday um, day in the fall. And now it looks like it's going to rain, chance of thunderstorms all day long. It's going to be nasty, I think. It's, it's just going to get mucked up. States, if it gets into a rain game, Marcus, that gives me more reason to believe in Notre Dame. Notre Dame's yeah, right. Yeah, I agree. 
Yeah, no, I, I, no, see, I see, I see where you guys are going, but state has always been deep on the D line. And I think they are this year and their linebacking core is pretty good. I think Notre Dame has really been relying on Sam Hartman airing it out this year, which obviously he's, he's been able to do, but if it gets nasty and sloppy, I think state's going to hold up in the trenches and I don't see them losing by more than a touchdown. So if I can get eight in two spots and get that number, I'm going to take the eight points, especially with the home game. This is, this is a good spot for state. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't see how. Good, Brett. Well, I was just saying, I, I was, I've been impressed with Notre Dame's running game too. So that's what was more impressive to me. Was but the they haven't played game. anybody. It doesn't matter. Like Estime is Estime. His name is Estime. He is a yeah. solid running back. He he's going to be dangerous this year. And to to Brett's point, I mean, your NC State's running game is reliant on Brennan's legs, and if you're in a situation where you're having to run the ball, he's not going to be able to scramble out in the scenarios like he did last week. Um, you guys struggled with UConn, and that's a bad team. Um, I think that if you get into a, a, a rain situation, it might be a low-scoring game. It might be like a 14-7, 14 to 7, 14 to, or 17-7. Uh, that's why I'm going to buy the hook. That If you get the hook, it's minus 130. Um, that's reasonable enough for me to get that, to feel confident in that, in that seven versus seven and a half. Um but yeah, I I'm scared the way the line's moving down, but I just think Notre Dame is going to take care of business. All right, good luck. I think you're going to need it. I really think this is a spot so you, game. So you think it's a you think it's an outright? Yeah, I, I'll send you guys a video when um, the student section is storming the field. Are you going to the game? I thought you were selling your tickets to this one. So we had them listed for three hundred apiece because my logic was. If somebody Hell. wants to pay me $600, a, a crazy Notre Dame fan, if you want to give me 600 to go to a game and I can make back over half of our season ticket package, yeah. But we were going to tailgate regardless, but we took them off a couple weeks ago. We had to sell the VMI game next week, so we figured we're not going to miss the first two, so we're going to this one. What, what's, the t- what's the tickets actually going for? Like, did you, I mean, were you even – were you just out of – yeah, so there were lesser tickets in our section that were going for like three fifty, and we had better seats, and that's why I just priced them there. I think if we would have priced them around like two hundred, two twenty five, we probably could have sold them. But again, like we want to go to the game. It was just if somebody wanted to give us an absurd amount of money for them, yeah, yeah. we'll take it. I get that. What se- what section are you in? Uh, thirty one. We're lower level thirty one. Yeah, you could get some. You could get Section 31 for like $62 right now and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably after they played UConn, but I think that's a little bit of overreaction. And with the rain in the forecast, people are going to dump those. Like, they, they were still in the hundreds. Yeah, I mean, that's true. If, if, it's, if it's raining the whole game, then that might be another thing is how good will the crowd be? Yeah, I, I think I think it'll be good. There's I'm on a couple of ticket pages, and – People are still asking around like crazy for him. So it'll be a packed house in Carter-Finley. New scoreboard, new turf after the um, the stadium series game for the Hurricanes. State's actually done a lot of upgrades this year, and Kayla was telling me about them. So I'm, I'm excited to go back. I will be in PNC North around 8 a.m. sharp on Monday. Anybody who wants to come out to the tailgate, we're doing a breakfast bar. So we'll have a pancake bar with all sorts of toppings you can put on top. Have some red hot sausage, bacon, all that good stuff. It's gonna be a good one. I'm ready to sit in a parking lot and chuck some bush light. It's fall, baby. <laughs> all right, I have I like one. 
Yeah, maybe not in Florida. <laughs> uh, I have two more plays. Um, do, I'm guessing we all have a play on the game of the week, that being Texas-Bama. Yeah, yeah. I actually don't have a play on that. I okay. Obligatory. Trevor, is that your last play? Yeah, that's my last play. Okay, Brett. No, I have, have... I have one more play before that. That's the one I was going to do last. Sorry. Okay, Brett, are you tapped out or do you have I one more? I got one more. more. Okay, Brett, you go, Trevor go, I'll go, and then we'll hit game of the week. So th- this might be a little premature too, just based on the events that happened last week. But I, I liked what I saw from Texas State against Baylor. Um, GJ Keen, I think his name is, or Ken or something like that. Uh, he's got Texas State rolling after after the Baylor win, going into Baylor, and then kind of blowing them out at one point. No joke there. So they're playing UTSA this week. Um, they are a – I got a 13 right now, 13-point dog. UTSA just lost a close one to Houston, which is a Houston team that's not supposed to be good at all this year. Um, so I, I kind of like Texas State in this, in this position to – Maybe not win, but cover. So I'm taking I'm taking Texas State. I can get you 13 and a half. Yeah, it's cool with me. Yep, take the free hook. I'll take. I don't hate it. Yeah, UTSA is a good football team, but I don't hate it. Yeah, they are. But like I said, I mean, I, I raised an eyebrow when they lost to Houston, which, like I said, Houston was not supposed to be good this year. So I, I like I like Texas State to cover here. Yeah, I, I'm. This is one I, I looked at too. UTSA scares me. They played a close game with Houston. Um, they scare me specifically because we play them right in between Florida and South Carolina this year. And I think when you're trying to schedule your easy games, that's not one of the teams I would schedule as an easy game. Um, so I, I just hate their location in our schedule. Um, so I'm hoping they look like shit, honestly. But um, I, I don't see why. I mean, this, this game could be the way for me, honestly. I, I just don't know. I said off right. of it. All right, Trevor, you're up. Shoot. Uh, last one, I, I was going back and forth. I wanted to add this one. I didn't want to hurt feelings of any listeners of the podcast. Um, but I just don't see Marshall handling business against ECU. I think this is a situation where Marshall looked really, really bad against an, an FCS team last week, barely winning. Um, I'm taking ECU in three points. Uh, I think it's gonna be a close one. I was very close to coming on the pod and saying ECU money line. I think ECU can win this game outright. Um, but I'm what, what I saw from Marshall. Maybe I'm overreacting, but that, it was it was real bad. Take the boys in Greenville, Pirate Nation. Arg, not locking oh, it, but I'm with you. Who did they? Who did Marshall play last week? I want to say it was Alcorn State. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> played, let me see. Oh, I'm sorry, Albany. They played Albany. Same difference. Uh, the Albany Great Danes. Uh, and this was a game that Albany was winning. Going okay, they won by four. <laughs> yeah, Marshall scored Al- in the fourth. Albany was up three going into the fourth quarter. This was a bad game. This is not like a first game jitters, slow start, you're only up a touchdown. This is you played an FCS team and we're losing going into the last quarter. Uh, um, Marcus, do you boys play them in a couple weeks? Yeah. I, 
you know what? It, I guess it's my turn to go. Virginia Tech was on my card because I saw what happened to Purdue last week. They played what? No, BC lost to Northern Illinois. Who did? Uh, who Purdue? Purdue? They lose to like UNLV or something? It, yeah, they lost to somebody bad. Um, let me let me see. I gotta track this down. Fresno oh, they lost to Fre- Fresno State. Okay, yeah, I knew it was somebody out west. Fresno State usually has pretty decent teams, though. A Big Ten team shouldn't struggle with Fresno State, right? Big Ten's like the second best football league in, in the. No, that's bullshit. Big Ten sucks outside of Ohio State and Michigan. They are literally dog shit. Um, I think Virginia Tech's going to get it done on the field. I'm going to take Tech Moneyline as a personal play. I think they probably win by a touchdown in lane. It's going to be a crazy crowd at noon. Nice liquored up early. Enter Sandman. Not really afraid of what Purdue has coming to town, but. I am not playing that game. I am oh. playing the cross-state rival. I'm taking James Madison, a six-and-a-half-point favorite, going into Charlottesville. Nothing looked good with Virginia last week. I mean, nothing at all. James Madison, I'd probably take this up to eight points. You know, Virginia, again, the, the team that I have to fade this year, I don't think Tony Elliott's done a lot of good for that program. They've definitely taken a step back since Bronco Mendenhall left. I know they're going to be fired up honoring their fallen brothers yeah. after last year, but James Madison, I've seen them come into Lane Stadium and be a Virginia Tech team with Tyrod Taylor that eventually won the ACC championship. They've always been good. No FBS team, and we can say when James Madison was in the FCS, you didn't want to see them on your schedule. They were always competing for championships. They still have talent. Virginia's in trouble. And you still have schedule now the, with Sunbelt or yeah, Sunbelt team. Yeah. Uh, you don't Top tier Sunbelt team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I like this pick too. I almost added JMU. Um, Virginia's starting quarterback, Tony Musket, got hurt against the Vols yep. on Saturday. He's still not been confirmed in or out for this week. If he is out, then I might do a late hammer on James Madison. Um, I just don't see what UVA is going to do defensively. They don't have anything. They have they have a defensive line that's about as strong as a loose leaf piece of paper. Um, all JMU has to do is run it up the gut. Yep, give me the Dukes laying six and a hook. I don't hate all right. it. So Trevor, I know the only thing that you like about Bama is white sauce. So I'm interested to see where you're going this week. Yeah, I was. Uh, Two tough parts about being asked on the podcast this week. One, I can't bet on the balls. There's like no spread out for the Austin P game. Um, rightfully so. The second part was this is a hard, hard game of the week. Um, Texas, Bama, everything in me is talking, thinking, you know, you're, you're going to Bryant Denny. Um, is Texas really that good? Do you have Quinn, Quinn Ewers is back, but he came back last year and they still couldn't get it done. Um, so I've gone back and forth in this game all week. Um, I was I was getting dressed this morning trying to figure out what should I do with this game. And I, I look over in the corner. I see this sitting there. And it, it's a sign. I'm riding with the Longhorns. We're going uh, – we're, we're, we're taking the seven points. Longhorns might win outright. They could do it. Um, I'm not trusting in Mill Road because they beat up on Middle Tennessee State. Bama should have lost to Texas last year if q stays healthy. This is a game. Texas has had this marked on their calendar since week two last year. Give me the Longhorns. We're putting this as the 9-1-0 Coastal Barbecue play of the week. 
this is this is the play. Chase was against Texas. He wants me to tell everybody. He's fine with me choosing this as the play. He wanted Bama. Everybody's thinking Bama. I'm I'm steering Texas. Uh, I, 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 I wanted to pick, right. Everybody's hammering Bama. This is a. I, I wanted to put. I wanted to put. Well, honestly, it, I don't really. This is like such a toss up for me because the whole quarterback situation at Bama, I don't really trust Milrow. And then Texas, I, I mean, I we've been hearing Texas is back every single year for the past ten years or whatever. And every single year, I mean, they have all the talent in the world, but they can't. They can't finish. And honestly, I wasn't that impressed with their offense against Rice last week. I didn't – I mean, they have all the talent in the world on offense. The Ewers, I just – I don't know. You go to a hostile hostile environment. I mean, I just – I couldn't decide which way to go on this one, so I'm staying away. Yeah, I, I think it's – I think Texas was one. They're looking ahead week one when they see Rice in the schedule. They're not worried about that game. They're not going to give away their playbook. They got things written up in the, in the playbook. Uh, they are going to hide everything they can going into this Bama game. They, they were not planning for Rice going into the Rice game. They were planning for Bama. I, I think they got the playbook well kept tight. I think Texas has some ballers on defense now. Marcus, what do you got going here? Okay, let's do it. Wow. Are you serious? Play it. Let's do it. Up. Let's do it. Up. Yeah. Up. If there's one thing I know for sure in this game, Texas has the best player on the field, Quinn Ewers. He's going to ball. Um, they were definitely looking ahead to Bama. I'm not concerned. Sark is going to call a beautiful game offensively. Texas is going to be doing shit that we've never seen them do before. This is going to be wild. Um, I like Jalen Milrow. I still don't love Bama's receivers. A lot of drops. I think if it comes down to a big moment, they may freeze up. Texas is probably better, if not 50-50, with Bama um, at a lot of other positions. The quarterback kind of tilts it in Texas' favor. I know Bama's at home. Saban don't usually lose to assistance unless your name's Kirby Smart. But Sark, he's probably – I think Sark is a better play caller than Lincoln Riley, and a lot of experts may disagree with me. But I just think Texas is about to have a game plan that Sark's been drawing up for years. And Texas should have won last year. Yeah, and, and honestly, the the part that kind of really pushed me over the edge to choose Texas here is you're looking at this line, and we're looking at a, a minus seven in Bryant-Denny. You know the home team's always getting a couple extra points because of the home team. I think Vegas thinks this is closer than a touchdown. That This is screaming to me to just, just take Texas. People are going to be hammering Bama, but most bets will be on Bama. It's probably going to be moving up to seven and a half. I I think I think Texas covers and and Texas could win this one. I wish you guys luck on that. I just hope it's a good game. That's really all I want. Yeah, hopefully we don't get a LSU Florida State in the second half. Unless it's Bama the one going down, then I'm down with it. So the last game that I really wanted to play, I wanted to play Duke against Lafayette. There's no line out anywhere. I'd probably take Duke up to thirty points in this game. So just can we can we actually talk about that real quick? What was your guys' thoughts about that Monday night? Because I I wanted to take Duke so bad last week, and but I just couldn't get myself to do it. But does Dabo have a problem? Because Dabo Dabo 
refuses to go into the transfer portal at all. And also, he's not big on NIL. This is this is a Roy Williams downfall situation. Same thing happened in Carolina when they were not they were not down with the one with the one and dones. Yeah. So Duke and Kentucky were getting them all. Carolina went on a little downward spiral. Ended up in um, NIT tournaments because they weren't willing to do it. It's gonna be the same thing here with Dabo. Dabo wants to talk all high about how they don't need NIL because they have yeah. God and they don't they don't need transfer players. They're not for the portal. This is the this is the downfall of Dabo. I was going to hammer Clemson so hard Monday night. I, I messaged in the in the half the distance group message. I said, "Why should I not take Clemson?" Multiple of you guys said, "Hey, Duke's got a squad." So I stayed off, and thank God I did. Um, I did finally get to. I didn't get to watch the game live. I, I rewatched it last night. I don't think Clemson is bad. I think they had yeah. bad breaks. I think Klubnik is a baller. I think I will still say Klubnik is better than Ungolale. He had receivers dropping balls left and right all day. He was throwing he was throwing balls that I don't think many quarterbacks in college football could throw. Yeah, Clemson doesn't have any receivers. That's the bottom line. They haven't for a couple years either. No, they they need That's they need Renfro bad. back. I mean, Renfro, Hopkins, like they're they're not walking through that door. But he didn't yet. go into the portal. That's the problem. He could have got Keon Coleman from Michigan State, but instead he didn't want to pay money for him, so he goes to Florida State. And would yeah. he get three touchdowns yeah. <laughs> on Sunday? That was he, nuts. He, he was the best player on the field. I mean, so I think I mean I think Trevor's right. Dabo's got a big problem. He's gonna have to get out of his way, own way, and he's got to start going to the transfer portal. And then they're gonna have to start competing with nil money. It's not like they can't get nil money at all either. It's Clemson. I'm sure the donors and boosters would give some money. So and, and if, if he doesn't, if he doesn't if adopt, he's in trouble. If he has one or two bad seasons, it's over. Yeah, I agree. If he You're, doesn't adjust, if if he gets too stubborn and doesn't adjust, then then he's in trouble. Your your big names that are going for culture and money, they're going to be that your your five stars that always end up at Georgia and Bama. Now you have Colorado in the mix. Colorado will be there. Dion will make sure the money is there in Boulder. Yeah. Plenty of money in Denver, Colorado. They'll they'll get it. There's going to be certain people pulling towards those, those different directions. It's going to make it harder and harder for Clemson. I mean, you think about it. I mean, you got Dion, who's cool and has all the, the swag, and then you got Davo over here, who's a dork and, and shitting on NIL, to players that want to make money. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, he's going to have to change his ways. All right, boys. Well, we're approaching an hour here, sitting at uh, 55 minutes and some change. Let's go ahead and recap. Thank you, Trevor, again for joining us. We will start out with your card. Trevor is on Iowa and the what's the name of that rivalry again? Is it the, the Cyclone Trophy or Hawkeye? Nobody really knows. Help me out, Brett. You know this. No, I don't think it's either one of what you just mentioned, though. I'll, okay, I'll, maybe I'll, not. Just keep on just keep on rallying up. It is, it is the Cyhawk Trophy. Cyhawk Trophy. Okay, we we were getting close. All right. Anyway, Trevor's uh, card. Calling that the the worst named rivalry in the world, the most unoriginal name ever. <laughs> Trevor's on Iowa land three and a hook. Illinois plus three. Buffaloes of Colorado or the Fighting Deion Sanders laying two and a hook against Matt Rule in Nebraska. Oregon laying six and a half against Texas Tech. Notre Dame seven and a half point favorite in Raleigh. ECU plus three against Marshall and then Texas seven and a half point dog going to Tuscaloosa. 
Brett's card, Iowa laying three and a half, Kansas laying three, Utah, seven and a half point favorite, Colorado, two and a half point favorite, Notre Dame, seven and a half point favorite, and then Texas State plus 13 and a half against the Roadrunners. Marcus, my card, Ole Miss, Tulane, under 66 and a hook, Arkansas laying 37 and a half against Kansas State, Utah laying seven against Baylor, and Utah Baylor under 47. Colorado, two and a half point favorite. Oregon laying six and a half. Notre Dame plus, or excuse me, NC State plus eight in Raleigh. James Madison, six and a half point favorite in Charlottesville. And then I am also on Texas, seven and a half point dog in Tuscaloosa. And the piping hot pick of the week from 9-1 on Coastal Barbecue, Texas plus seven and a half. A lot of agreement there for Waka Flocka. All right, guys, we have any closing remarks before we head up on up out of here? Go Vols. We got, we got an easy one this week, but Vols are coming down a hard stretch. Be on the watch. We'll be in prime time the next few weeks for sure. Game day at the Swamp. I wish we could, but I, I doubt it with how bad Florida is. Um, yeah, but there's really not that many good games next week. There really isn't. So there's, I, there's think, a change. I think taking it to the swamp would be a great move. Um, I tried everything in my power to get down to Gainesville this week. Um, being married has its disadvantages. Um, I mean, looking at the slate, I mean, I don't see where else they're going to go. I mean, I, I think, like you said, as bad as Florida is, there's nowhere else to go. I mean, unless you go to Athens for South Carolina, Georgia, which is going to be a blowout. Um, this could be their token FCS week. But I, I would love for it to be in Gainesville. Let, let the world watch. We'll let the world watch, and we will let the Osborne brothers take us out up on Rocky Top. Thanks again, T. All right. See y'all. See you, Brett. See you, guys. Rocky Top, you'll always be home sweet home to me. Good old Rocky Top. Rocky Top, Tennessee. Rocky Top, Tennessee.